everybody, thank you for taking time out of your day and listening to the OMA podcast. I have got a wonderful, wonderful guest. Go, Joe. Sorry, I'm going to start over. Five, four, three, two, one. Everybody, thank you for taking time to listen to the OMA podcast. I've got a wonderful guest. Uh, it's Joe DiGiovanni. And I say I said it right, Joe, right? All oh, right. yeah. All right, good. And uh, and Joe is is a a long time in the industry, longtime OMA partner. He is with the Quality Group in the Southern Louisiana area. And he is going to talk to us about a lot of stuff. He's going to tell us a little bit about his background. He's going to tell us what he likes about OMA. And best part is he's going to give us some great tips to be ready for our upcoming projects. But without further ado, Joe, thanks for uh, taking time out of your day to talk to us. Hey, good morning, Mike. Appreciate you having me today. Well, Joe, let's let's dig in a little bit about you and the quality group, right? Tell us a little bit about your experiences and a little bit about the company you work with. Yeah, so the quality group was, um, I established this business back in 1987. Um, oddly enough, I started in the moving and storage business as a LSU student looking to make extra money. Um, found a company that was affiliated with Beacons Van Lines. Um, the local agent in the household goods industry. Um, back in the early 80s, uh, the oil and gas corridor between Texas and Louisiana was just wide open. Uh, household goods, you know, tractor trailers. It was nothing to see, you know, 30, 40 tractor trailers on the interstate on any given day between New Orleans and Lafayette, Louisiana. So as I was going through industrial technology curriculum at LSU, thinking I was going to be in the petrochemical industry, which is, you know, so, so rampantly um, uh, abundant here in South Louisiana, um, I started working for this, for this moving company. And I quickly saw that it was a big business that had a lot of potential. Um, There's a lot of up and coming names uh, were involved um, that went on to become just major players um, in this industry. But what I really found intriguing was the office uh, moving sector of the business. Um, High-rise buildings were just starting to uh, break ground uh, down in New Orleans. And um, because I, I grew up there, I had a, a common thread. Um, so I migrated into the contract sales uh, for this company. Um, it was one summer they told me, um, look, uh, we're looking for a, uh, a private relocation salesperson that could go, go out um, to reach to each residence that comes in and ask, ask for those, those bids. So at that time, we were competing against um, Allied Van Lines, United Van Lines, uh, Atlas Van Lines, North American Beacons. So usually a, a, you know, a person would be able to get three bids and then choose who they want and then turn it into their corporate facility people their traffic managers at that time, and they could choose who they want to use. So when I started to see that the contract sales was more about calling on national accounts, um, and I was in such a close proximity to Houston, which is a lot of the business was being uh, actually um, decided from those corporate offices and regional offices for the oil companies, I started to make that trip every week. Um, that's really how I got involved. What was really interesting was I was at Amoco Oil in New Orleans and the traffic manager that I was calling on um, asked me, he said, do you guys do office moving? And I said, well, 
I mean, I can check, but uh, I'm pretty sure we can. And so I went back to the owners of the Beacons franchise uh, agency and uh, they said, oh, we don't do that. That's, that's nights and weekends. You know, we, we work Monday through Friday. And I was thinking, hmm, I mean, I'm not going to go back to this guy and tell him that we can't do it. So I'm just going to take it upon myself to put together a crew and I'll go down there and I'll be the supervisor. Sort of how it all started. Um, 1989. You can't get off that easy. How'd the first job go? How did, how did it go? Oh, it went well, you know. I mean, right, but it, it was it was something that that because I was hands on, right? I've always been um, that type of of you know when I get involved, I do my research and, and see what needs to be done. And All right, you know, I learned a lot from you know just looking. Now I'm gonna tell you, the first time that I saw an office moving company in action was in Houston. Um, I was at the Holiday Inn. I was spending a night there. I had calls the next day. And I looked out of my hotel window and I saw tractor trailers pulling up to this high rise building. And I was like, oh, check this out. So these guys start coming out of the trailer with all of these just stacks of what we call H dollies, right? Flat dollies, four wheel dollies, stacked in stacks of tens. So I got dressed, went back down, just kind of walked around on the sidewalk like I was, you know, just kind of taking it all in. This is way before we had iPhones that, you know, I had to just take notes and, and come back and say, okay, went and looked at where they got their equipment, New Haven moving equipment. I said, okay, so I'm going to take that down and just sort of doing my research. And a couple of years went by, I had worked for Beacons Van Lines for seven years. And I just noticed something that we had no control over the quality of the service. Um, as fast as I would get a national account, I would lose it to a claim. Um, you're, you're moving high-end executives. So if you damage their furniture, their household furniture, um, it just really, you know, it was just a, a never-ending um, cycle of, of as soon as you would grab a new account, you would lose it because you had claim damage. Now, the best guys that, that you know, in the household goods industry, obviously, are the ones that would inherit the work. United Van Lines is probably that one company that comes to mind that I have always been impressed with when it comes to corporate household goods. But nobody was really focusing on how on, on office moving in this in this region um, at that time. Now this is back in you know the early eighties, uh, eighty one to eighty five. So in eighty nine, I decided that I had enough experience and I had enough of the information that I needed that. I would go to the bank and ask if I, I could get capital to start this business. Um, you know, going through doing marketing 101, putting together a business plan, all those things, you know, as a young person at 29 years old, I was able to put together a, a pretty impressive group of references because I was using all my, my oil companies that I was doing business with. And again, nobody was really focusing on the office move. You had all this vertical space and they were constantly bringing people in well household goods mover is much different from a commercial office mover. a specialist compared to you know a stereotype that unfortunately has bad you know connotations throughout the industry um, we've seen mm -hmm. that all happen but what i what i really enjoy about doing this is the control you know the, the ability to do exactly what i say i'm going to do and deliver the service with that um, i love it part love of it. what we do is really 
um, walking our customer client through from start to finish and and, and the planning um, all of the you know and just a visualization of their new space and everything that's really you know been part of what we do has morphed into where we are now and right. that's just been it's been a great experience you know and I look back on it it's hard to say 34 years um, but yeah, that's how long I've been doing this. And uh, I still continue to try to learn and adapt, you know, to the new environment. And certainly we know that that's um, what we're dealing with right now. Well, at, well, thank you for that. Thank you for that segue. Talk to us a little bit about when y'all joined OMA and then how has that impacted your business and how has it opened you up to a, uh, a you know, to more national solutions? Yeah, well, OMA, you know, being a, it's an organization that, that comprises itself with some really great um, members across the, the, the nation and throughout Europe now and India and Asia. Um, but when we first started, it was 2008. And I remember going to a meeting in New Orleans after um, uh, and the ALA had a convention there, the Association for Legal Administrators. And I met the OMA. Uh, members. It was a, a handful of them. And I went back, I took the names of each of them. I had their business cards and I did some research and I was really surprised to see that this was really the, the, the top of the, uh, you know, the industry um, representing, you know, different facets of the, the different types of companies, right? Some of them were specialists in terms of commercial only. Some of them were household goods that really focused on office and moving, office and industrial type moving. And I quickly wanted to be part of that. Um, you know, so it was really about the vetting process and being more open-minded to allowing some of these people in. Um, at first, I was not really, um, <laughs> I didn't, I, you know, the foundation of OMA is built on trust. And, and what happened then was I wasn't very trustworthy. Um, sort of isolated down here in South Louisiana and just not really open to sharing information with people out of New York City on who I'm doing business with, how much revenue I'm doing, you know, what is, and, and what I quickly learned was that whole organization was about letting people in, giving people the opportunity to know who you are and to see how you can better position your, your own company to utilize who they have business relationships with. What I found, Mike, was that I do business with companies that I had no chance whatsoever to do business with through my OMA partners. So OMA has quickly become, you know, over the 12 years that I've been involved, um, a company that, that gives us tremendous amount of um, you know, sharing best practices. I mean, I, I've shared this with, with you know, uh, one of the board members. I served on the board of directors uh, for six years. Um, Daniel Osborne, who runs Daniel's Moving and Storage uh, out of Phoenix, um, has a number of, of offices across the country um, with Atlas Van Lines. But his best practices programs and what he shares with us is probably the single thing that I can say has benefited the quality group and me personally. I mean, I've been exposed to things that I would have never had the opportunity to do. I'm, you know, um, 
this is first generation quality group was start. I started quality group when I was 29 and um, didn't come from, you know, the background of, of having, you know, a affiliation with a, a van line other than my short time that I was involved with beacons. And that really didn't give me a lot of exposure to what these guys do at OMA. It has just been a tremendous uh, growth of the type of people that um, this organization is now bringing in. Uh, hey, Joe, I, I, I'm so glad to hear you say that. And what's nice about that is I tell people a lot is, hey, who's your peer group? Who are you leaning on? You know, do you have, you know, what kind of people are you hanging out with? Are they a couple miles yeah. ahead of you in the marathon? You know, because that's who you want. You don't want to be, if you're on mile two of the marathon, you don't want to hang out with people that are on mile 25. You kind of want to be around some people that are on mile four, mile six, mile seven. And that's what's great about, you know, I've been around Ohm a lot too. I love that for you. And I love that for so many other people is because you can be with people that are just on just, just a little ahead of you. And those are the people you want to learn from, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. You know, and when we first started, I think there was 17 members. Um, and now 2021, um, it's well over 52, 56, maybe even over 60 members. And we went to Orlando last week for an annual conference, the first live face-to-face conference in the last two years since the COVID pandemic. And the electricity, the energy, the positivity in that room, um, outside in the uh, outside events. I mean, it was just a tremendous, you know, exchange and people open, right? And, and part of my, uh, <laughs> you know, what I, what I tell people is that, you know, you have to open up to be able to learn and, and to gain how, how to become better as a, not only as your own company, but as an individual. And, you know, and that's what almost done for me. Um, it's given me the ability to, to just um, try to do fine, that, that one nugget that I can bring back to my company that'll make my company a better company for, for the employees that are, that are here. I love um, it. Hey, Joe, before we go any further, I want you to start sharing some nuggets. Joe, you know a lot about moving. Now, granted, um, you, you have only been in it for uh, just short of four decades, so you're just going to have to narrow it down a little bit. So, hey, why don't you, well, let's dig into how things have really changed the last two years. I mean, you have seen it. Um, you shared a little story about sort of like a FaceTime share with a, a punch walk with a client. You know, how much of that are you seeing? Um, and how are you seeing things change just from the beginning of the shutdowns till now? Yeah, so the, the whole, I think, you know, again, it gets back to um, we continue to have our monthly calls and we shared uh, Doug Hollingshead, who's the president of OMA, um, he and Julie Hansen, his executive assistant, put together um, calls with those of us that would share how we're reacting to the pandemic. And those bits of information were to continue to allow yourself to be accessible, even though you couldn't be face to face. So the idea was, you know, to utilize all the tools we have now. I mean, an iPhone has the ability to do FaceTime. Um, we continued, and part of what we did, and we've always been very, very big in the medical industry, working for hospitals, working for clinics, doing the FF&E for the medical industry. 
and we continue to press forward with that. We were very fortunate that we had an expansion going on with one of our uh, local regional companies here, and we were able to go in and do a number of those projects. Um, you know, we didn't have any any uh, background in terms of, you know, how do we do this? How do we do a walkthrough? Where traditionally you would do a punch walk with the interior designer or the FF&E planner or the, you know, whoever that might be that you're working with. And one of the, the people that we work with, the director of FF&E asked us if we could do a FaceTime walkthrough with her so that she could be at her desk, but yet still be present to see exactly what we're doing. So that was sort of the first, you know, adaption to this new environment. How do we best utilize those tools that we have and be creative in how we continue to serve our customers? And that was part of it. We, we, we just, you know, again, uh, walked into an environment and said, okay, let's be creative. And again, we were all sharing those stories through the OMA connection. That's what makes us a tremendous organization is the ability to, to have access to your peer group and to share those things that are making us successful in this new environment. And that, that's to me is, is, you know, the biggest benefit of being a part of the OMA um, partnership is, is exactly that. I have opportunities now um, in Louisiana, Mississippi that I would never have. If, if it wasn't for the, the people that we do business with at the OMA organization. I love, it. I love it. Thanks, Joe. All right. So let's start sharing a little more wisdom. Let's, let's, I'm, I'm going to dig in a little bit. So I'm a project manager, I'm a real estate manager, I'm a facility director. I got projects coming up. They, I haven't done a project, say I haven't done a project, in, you know, major project in five years. I got something coming up next year in 2022. Joe, coach me up a little bit. Give me some tips. What are some things I need to know? that maybe I, I didn't have to think about, you know, five years ago during my last move. Walk me through that. Give me some tips, maybe some notes that I should know as I'm preparing my Q1, Q2, 2022 project. Well, I, you know, for me, and this is how Quality Group, we, we want to be involved from the very initial construction meeting. We want to be introduced to the construction manager superintendent for anyone's project. The more that we can be involved with the construction meeting, whether it's Zoom calls, um, we can make you know, ourselves available to go out and be the eyes and ears for a project manager that might be remotely um, working through um, a particular you know, office that might be in, in our area where we can be a resource to them. The more we're involved, the more that we can plan, the more that we can see the end of what the construction schedule is so that we can schedule our resources so that we can make sure that those things are done. You know, the construction industry is plagued by everything that we're seeing right now in terms of material shortage, labor shortages, and all those things. So what we try to tell people is that you really need to get a realistic occupancy date so that we can plan those things. And the more that we're involved, we can anticipate that those things are accurate or not. Um, to get us involved on the early stages is probably the one key uh, that I would, I would suggest that, that people start to realize. Because if you call me and say, we've got you know, a large office that we're planning to move in your area in New Orleans, and we've got the move scheduled for next Friday, and 
I need, you know, your entire service team to come out and execute this high rise location. Chances are we're not going to be able to do that. Um, what we need is, is to be your partner. And, you know, a partnership is about being, again, you know, the same thing we talked about, trusting that I am going to do what you need done so that we're properly prepared. A lot of times, you know, what we're seeing, Mike, is that staff is not readily available. We're going in, um, we're preparing those offices. Those offices are now being, you know, decommissioned, or they might even be a retrofit of space, reconfigurations of, of modular furniture being used in different ways, hoteling offices. And it's more and more now that they need to rely on a partner that's in the commercial moving industry that is a specialist, as opposed to, um, you know, everyone has a stereotype of what the moving and storage industry is about. Whereas what I find with the OMA partnership is that we're, we're specialists. We're people that right. are right. above. All right, let's, get, let's dig. You, you touched on something, Joe. All right. So going into the end of 21 and into 2022, how has the labor shortage uh, impacted your area? And how do you plan better with your clients for their jobs? Yeah, so what happens is we, because of the proximity of our three offices, um, we're about two hours uh, you know, from, from one location to the other. Um, we have a full-time staff and you know, we tell people that it's, it's important for us to be able to reserve those resources for your particular project. Um, there is a very much, there is no people available. I mean, uh, I get calls from uh, com companies that we have worked with on temporary labor in the past, asking if any of our people would be interested in working, you know, when they're not working for quality group. That's how desperate people are right now. So it's even more important that we have this open dialogue for scheduling and being part of entire schedule and timeline of a particular project. Okay. Uh, property managers want to know that you are going to follow their protocols in and out of their building. Um, we've had a big push uh, for uh, vaccinations. Uh, because we have a emphasis in the medical industry, um, it is a something that we've been um, leading in um, the requirements of what it takes to be inside of those, those type of uh, facilities. So again, it's about communication, bringing us in early um, so that we can become your partner and not just a, uh, a commodity that, that everyone, you know, is considered uh, everyone's the same. You know, we're not. Um, it's something that I try to explain to people whenever I have a chance to talk in front of a group. Um, I belong to IFMA. I belong to BOMA, um, the IRAM organization, which is real estate management. Um, you know, so any of those, when I get a chance to speak about these things, it's about bringing us in early and giving us the opportunity to become your partner and trust that we're going to do what we need to do to get you, you know, within your budget and that we communicate to you on the front end, you know, what's the cost of the service, what's the scope of the work and really, you know, get down to this is what we need to do. And this is the timeline that we need to do it. And I think when we do those things, we become a resource to. Well, I love it, Joe. Joe, I, I can't be any more grateful that you took so much time. You have decades and decades of experience. 
you have, you've seen, you know, things change. You've started your own business. You are literally like loving every single one of your clients and your OMA partnership, which is, which is absolutely amazing. But also you're just a good guy. I think if, if I had a project coming up, I'd want somebody like you uh, touching it somehow. So I, I really appreciate you. Appreciate you. Well, you'll find, you'll find a lot of the same um, type of people within the OMA organization. That's one of the greatest things that I've, I've enjoyed about being part of this is that um, the vetting process is very stringent, but what you find is that you have people that are dedicated and um, are that next level of service um, that this industry really needs. Well, good. I'm going to put your uh, your LinkedIn. If anybody doesn't know you yet, I'm going to make sure that your LinkedIn uh, link is in the notes for the show and the podcast notes. Is that the best way sure. for people to get in touch with you? If anybody heard sure. this and they wanted to reach out, just find yeah. you on LinkedIn. Yeah. And if anybody, if you're just driving down the road, it's uh, Joe DiGiovanni, D-I, big G, I-O-V-A-N-N-I. He is a great guy. And I have a feeling if you uh, call him, he would be as warm and welcoming as he has been on this podcast. So thanks again, Joe. Thank you, Mike. Appreciate your time.